I'm Pete McCall, and welcome to episode 84 of All About Fitness. I'm not going to go into a long intro today because I really want to get to the heart of the interview so you can hear what a fabulous person my guest is. I'm going to share a few ideas um, about her and why I have so much respect for her. I'm going to share a few uh, ideas about that in the postlude after the interview. So if you want to hear a little bit more about, about what she's done, her role in the industry, and why I have such a great amount of respect for her, I'll share that in, in, in the after the show in my wrap-up. But for right now, I just want to go right into it. She's a personal trainer and fitness instructor based out of downtown Manhattan, New York. She's lived in New York and Boston. She has an, a high A-list, A-list of the A-list clientele. She travels uh, between both coasts working with clients. And she just is really just such a phenomenal person who's developed the Stoke method of exercise. After a word from a couple of sponsors of All About Fitness, it is indeed an honor today to speak with Kira Stokes, personal trainer and fitness instructor based out of New York City. What is part bench, part balance trainer, part stability ball, part jump box, and all results? The TerraCore by Vicor Fitness, specially designed to help enhance balance, strength, agility, and metabolic conditioning. The TerraCore is quickly becoming the go-to piece of workout equipment used by fitness professionals around the world. Whether you're training to earn that eight-figure contract or just trying to get in better shape, the TerraCore will help you achieve results you never thought possible. TerraCore by Vicor Fitness, the shape of things to come. Go to www.vicorefitness.com and use code AAF, that's all about fitness, AAF, to save 20% on the purchase of a TerraCore. I'm Pete McCall with All About Fitness. I'm on the line today with Kira Stokes from uh, New York City. Kira, can you give us a little rundown about what it is that you do and, and kind of your background in the fitness business? Sure. Um, so I am a personal trainer first, as I always say, and a group fitness coach, coach second. And the method that I've developed over 20 years in the industry is it's called the Stokes Method. I was lucky enough to be born with a really cool last name. <laughs> and, and so basically I had to become a trainer because who doesn't want to get stoked, right? Because it, it's simply perfect. And I therefore could not take my husband's last name when I got married. But um, <laughs> so um, I, you know, I always say I was born a brand, but the, the Stokes method um, has evolved over 20 years. I can honestly say I, I do get a question often of how do you, um, how did you develop your method, right? And how did how did it how did how has it evolved over time? And I don't believe that I actually had a method until probably or recognized that I had one until probably eight to ten years into my career. Um, and I always, I say that because. I'm a firm believer, uh, and I know Pete, you, you, we, we started in the same kind of, in the same area, really, uh, of fitness, um, working for big box gyms. And I'm a firm believer that to call something a method, you have to have tested it and really sat with it and tried it and worked with it and, and really 
taking the time to see what works with your clients and with your body and what doesn't. And so to, to recognize, to say after, you know, a year or two in the industry that you have a method to me is, it's just kind of, it's not possible, right? It's not, um, it takes time. And when I first started as a trainer, I had trained for three years before I ever taught my first class. And prior to those three years, I spent a year essentially following my mentor around, um, Tim Brewster, who was helped me develop my training style. And he, he was a really brilliant physical therapist and, and trainer um, and really helped me kind of get my wings as a trainer. And I didn't even touch a body to actually train them until I would say like oof, eight, eight months into to following him around. Just because, again, like when you're doing a, when you're working for a business, right, when you're getting a summer job as an intern, you typically don't get paid, right? And you're just learning the ropes and taking in everything that you possibly can with the people that you're fortunate enough to, you know, have as a mentor. And the same should go to fitness in my mind. Like you're dealing with people's bodies. So you need to take the time to really learn and understand what's going on with their bodies. You know, the science of it, the, um, what you need to recognize in people's personalities and the psychology of it before, before you can really feel confident to know what to do with their body. Right. And so, to, well, real, let me stop you there real quick, because I think one of the things, Karen, we've talked about this before offline. One of the things that, that I really why, – why I like seeing the success you're having, why, why I love seeing the success you're having, is that you – you know, I know you got your undergraduate degree in exercise science, but you've been working in the field, as you mentioned, a, a long time before you started kind of getting to the status where you are now. I mean, you're, you're known as one that's kind of the, the A-list, A-list person in New York. Do you think it's a mistake when people – The one of the things I think that happens, Kira, is you make it look so easy that people yeah. think they can just pick up training and start doing it right away. But So what you're saying is you took years to kind of develop your technique before you got any recognition for it. Is that correct? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, years and years. I mean, I worked it, – it, you've got you've to you know, put your time in, I always say. You have to – when I first started out, I mean, I was – as I said, that first to when after when Tim gave me my first client to train, um, you know, I can't even remember what I was making. What was minimum wage back then? I can't remember. <laughs> but, but but I was essentially making minimum wage, um, both working for him and at that time working for that's when I about a year into it started working both for him and for Boston Sports Club at the time. And you know, you wear that red shirt where you're fitness staff, and then you change into your black shirt when you're training a client. And you make a little more money. But, um, yeah, I mean, years and years of just observing and working those, like, crazy, crazy hours that you, you do as a personal trainer. I mean, we still have, I still have crazy hours, but not, not nearly what they were then. You know, the, the getting up at 4.30 in the morning and being in a gym or a studio until 9.30 at night, like, nonstop. And when I didn't have a client, I was working the shifts that I had to work as a fitness staff member. And, you know, but but – really understanding that every step that I took in that I was, I was gaining knowledge and it wasn't, you know, when you, when I stepped into this industry 20 years ago, I stepped into it because I truly wanted to help people, right? I truly wanted to impact someone, people's lives and make them healthier. And I think people step into it for a different reason now, not all the time, but um, 
for sure it's become a much more um, celebrated profession in terms of like, oh, maybe I can become famous. It's like you, you, it takes you so much time. If you're going to rise to the top and stay at the top, you have to put the time in on the back end, right? You have to, I believe, you, if you have that fast rise to the top where you don't have the experience behind it, you may have the knowledge, you know, you maybe you, or some of the knowledge, you know, you may have been a you're head in the books for years and years as a, a teenager, maybe even, you know, learning about the body. But the experience aspect of, of being able to develop programming so that it suits every body and every body is different um, that takes like some serious experience. And so there was no, you know, I hate to play the, you know, in back in the day, but back in the day, <laughs> dude, you know, fitness professionals weren't as celebrated as they are now. It wasn't as, as it was a, a big industry, but it wasn't the billion dollar industry that it is now. I don't believe. No, um, when we got into it, but when we got into it, it was like, I mean, cause I never thought I could make a career in fitness, right? You know, it was, yes. yeah, when we were, because we were about the same age. I think we got out of yep. school in the early to mid-90s. Yep. And it, it, to me, I mean, the only people that had personal trainers were the movie stars and, you know, these, these A-list celebrities. Um, yeah. And, and you, you, I didn't see it as a viable career path. But then I started working for a health club part-time just to get a free membership at the front desk. And That's I what saw I that there were people that were making, you know, they're making a living being trainers and instructors. And that looked so much more appealing than what I was doing. And that's, that, that's when I got into it. So I think we're kind of of that generation, Kira, when it became a viable career. It went from being something part-time or something very niche to yeah. being a viable career. And, you know, let's talk a little bit about, you know, what was your education? Like, what was your, your, and your movement background? Because I think you have a really interesting movement background as well as education. So I was, um, as a, as a child, up until I went to college, I was I was a gymnast. So my and I, I will say that a lot of my my method and how I program and put movement together with my classes, um, which which is true for clients too, but it truly as always with a, as a personal trainer, you know, it depends on the client. But in general, um, and again, I didn't really recognize that I did that. This is partially where my programming stemmed from until probably six years ago, to be honest. But I, so uh, being a gymnast, when you think of how movement is put together in gymnastics, there is a definite flow of movement, right? There is, when you're doing a routine, there's no stopping and starting, right? It's a constant flow of movement and one move and what the exercise that you're doing within your routine makes sense with what comes before and after it. And so my, that 100%, um, the definition of the Stokes method is a functional flow, a science-backed functional flow of movement. And you can see a lot of that background as a gymnast in both in my um, my bodyweight-only classes, like Stokes Primal, but, but in all of my classes, there's a strong focus on continuous movement and that the building blocks within each circuit make perfect sense in a continuous flow. Um, it's not just the moves themselves. It's what you do before and after each specific exercise that makes the impact on your body. But in terms of my background beyond gymnastics, um, you know, I was an athlete. I was a constant mover. I was, you know, the kid that had a tramp trapeze, like a real trapeze in my backyard. Um, I, you know, I was a runner. I would watch my father. I would say like it was 
the story of how I started to be a runner or really love running was I'd watch my father go for a run every single day. Um, the second he'd get home from work without even like saying hello to anybody, he'd come in, throw his clothes, running clothes on and go out the door. And I'd wait for him at the bottom of the driveway and I'd wait for him during his run. And then he would, he'd come home and he just waved to me. And that meant like I was allowed to run the cul-de-sac with him. And that's when I was like six years old. <laughs> and, and, well, that's, that's, I hadn't heard that story before. Kira. Yeah. That is so cool. So yeah. you think that you, so you think him modeling that behavior what did that, what kind of impression did that leave on you? I mean, what, oh my what as a kid, I mean, what, how'd you, what'd you, how did you react to it? I just, I mean, I clearly, I am my father's daughter in every way. I mean, I look, I look, we've basically seen face, um, <laughs> like every way there's no, he was such a creature of habit, um, or he is such a creature of habit to this day. I mean, he, he goes to the gym, he's 78 years old. He goes to the gym for two to three hours a day. And, you know, it was a man that got up for work at 4.30 every morning and was at work by 5.15 and got home at quarter 6.30 every single night and went for a run every night. And I think seeing those patterns, um, you know, in a parent where working hard, like he worked for the same company for 52 years, like working hard and being loyal to the to the company that you're in and um, sticking with the profession that you chose and sticking to the routine of keeping your body moving is it clearly had a massive impact on me. And then I would see him come home after he went for his run every night before, you know, we'd have dinner. He would do his stretching exercises as he called them on the floor in the living room (laughs) before he went to bed, he would stretch and he would do abs. And my high school friends, uh, my last reunion, one of my friends came up to me and she said, it's so it was so obvious to me when you were, when we were young, like that you do something in fitness. And I was like, why? And she said, well, I never wanted to sleep over at your house because you would make me do 200 sit-ups before bed. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, and quite frankly, I was like, I did not do that. And she said, oh, you totally did. And you didn't care if I did them with you or not, but you were like, I'm going to drop down and do sit-ups. If you want to join me, I'm down here doing them. And she's like, I felt guilty that I wasn't doing them. And she she said, you know, it, I said, how old were you when we did? She goes, oh, it was like sixth grade, <laughs> fifth or sixth grade. And so, you know, I think, um, gosh, did I ever tell you the story about my stuffed animals too? No, no, I haven't heard that. Everybody's going to think this girl is so crazy. Um, <laughs> so I apparently when I was little, when I was young, and I partially remember this, I would line my stuffed animals. I, I had a huge collection. I'd say 50 or so. I had two twin beds in my room, and one of the beds was all stuffed animals. And I would line them up um, once a month, sometimes twice, my mom said, but I'd line them up in the hallway, and I'd put my desk in a chair in a file cabinet to block the door to my room, and I had a scale and a yardstick. And I would weigh and measure them. He <laughs> files on them. <laughs> And, and I was young, so I was like, well, how did my mom was like, no, no, you were like five. And I was like, well, I didn't, couldn't have, you know, you don't know how to write that well when you're five. And she's like, no, it was total scribble, but you pretended you kept files on the animals. And I'd hear you saying like, Pooh Bear, you ate too much honey last month. Like, time to, you need to stop. Like, and the, here's the thing, my mother has never seen me inside of the gym. And, and the scale, like, she never stepped on the scale. It was my dad who was like, Need to make sure I stay fit. And my mom was like, I don't sweat. <laughs> so, so. Interesting. 
it's just really interesting that the, all of that really, um, and let me just say this, like I do not have a scale in my house and I don't even know the last time I stepped on one. I'm not someone that, that is a, you know, really, I don't believe in scales, to be honest. That's not, not of importance to me. Um, but, but it's interesting that that was just in me. It was just, um, well, you're like the your original Doc McStuffins and, and you don't have kids, so you don't, you know, you haven't been yeah. subjected to Doc McStuffins, but she's a little, little character on Disney that takes care of all of her, her stuffed animals like that, almost exactly like yep. what you're, you're describing. Really? And, and, and now with, with, with the soap method, what I want to talk to you about, I mean, you're now yeah. relatively well known for, I mean, you work with a pretty, I guess we could call an A-list clientele. But in reality, one of the things that I've known about you over the years is that you treat all your clients the same. What, yeah. when it comes, when it comes to maintaining a high level of fitness, what do you think in your experience, um, what's the most important thing? Is it nutrition? Is it diet? Is it exercise every day? What, what do you think <laughs> is the critical factor for people that, that want to use exercise to maintain their health? You know, I think that a couple of things to remember when, when, um, when talking about like, you know, people, uh, People are people, right? Human beings are human beings. It doesn't matter whether they're a celebrity or, you know, just a fitness enthusiast or a fitness influencer. Like, we're all human beings, right? It's, there's no, there's no magic pill for anyone. Um, it's, it's truly, it's a combination. It's a combination of everything. You can't, it's not all about exercise. It's not all about nutrition. Um, but it is, I believe, a lot to do with routine and not routine. I don't mean routine in the sense of like do the exact same thing every day because I, I'm not an advocate of that. I believe, you know, constant change, changing up your routine and changing up your, <clears throat> how you challenge your body, um, has a huge impact on the results that you see. I mean routine in the sense that like if you, um, keeping your body, the, the basics, Keeping your body moving, making sure you find a way to move or incorporate movement into your life on a daily basis. Some days have to be more intense and you have a dedicated block of time to working out. And some days you might be able to just have the goal of I'm going to get 50 push-ups in throughout the course of the day, right? It's, it's just knowing that every single day you're going to get some form of movement in there. And in terms of nutrition, that's where I do believe that, that kind of sticking to the the routine of, of eating the same thing can be really helpful for people. Um, I'm very much a creature of habit when it comes to food. And I find that like, that's what, and I, and I love being like that. I mean, clearly like that's how I am as a person. Um, I enjoy eating very similar foods every day. I'm also not a foodie, you know? So um, people that truly enjoy food, like that's a whole different um, you can find ways to do it that, that are still really healthy. You just have to do a little more research. But, you know, to stay, to stay committed to a program, if you can just almost, I tell clients to look at the week that they have, like take a, take a moment of planning. It doesn't take long. But if you look at the week that you have ahead of you and you know that Monday's your busiest day, like I always say never miss a Monday. Like there's a, like that sets your week off so strong. You know, if you can make that a day that no matter what, even if you've got to, you know, get up at an ungodly hour and do it or stay up a little bit later, if you can set the tone on a Monday, you're going to most likely be more successful throughout the course of your week. I like that. You said start off a little bit. I like that. That's a strong, that's a very good good tip. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And then just from there, like, 
And I, and I deal with this, and I let, let me just say this, that as much as we may think that celebrities, like, oh, they have all the time in the world to work out, you know, like they can do whatever, they have the money and they have the time, you know, the ones that I deal with are quite frankly busier than I am. And and the most challenging thing for them is finding the time to do it. And the most challenging for me, thing for me as a trainer is really enforcing the fact that every little bit counts. And I can even say, like, you know, for example, Candace, right? Candace Cameron Bure. She just shot a movie. You know, she was gone for seven weeks. And the majority of the days, she all she could get in was she was working 17-hour days and for seven weeks. And all she could get in was, you know, she'd send me a picture of stairs that were on set. And I was like, walk up and down them 10 times. Get it done. You know, like, there was no dedicated time for working out. But she would drop down and do push-ups after, you know, getting her makeup done. Like, she found ways to just find, you know, those, those quick little moments that all add up. So, you know, as I say, you do need those days where you have dedicated time for your workouts. But also remember, when you're mapping out your week, if you have a day where it's like, nope, 14 hours, can't do anything that day, yes, you can. You can find the time. It takes literally 15 seconds to do 10 push-ups. Right. It's, I was, was going to say, I was going to ask, I mean, doesn't just, if only somebody only has, like, say they can do 10 squats, you know, 10 times a day or 10 push-ups yeah. 10 times a day, that makes a difference, doesn't it? I mean, we totally. know that's the evidence. Yeah. I mean, if you're sitting in your office chair and you, and you realize, you know, what a, sitting is the enemy, right? Like, there's nothing, like, it, it's becoming the new smoking. <laughs> sitting, yeah. you know, you, you need to find, like, if you're sitting in a chair, every, every 15 minutes or so, just, Get out of your chair, sit back down, get out of your, it's like doing, you know, an assisted squat. If you can like drive from your heels, stand up and sit back down, it's going to, every little bit counts. You just like activate your glutes a little bit and they're going to stay higher and tighter than if you did. I promise you, you know. <laughs> 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 no, but I mean, you pick up these phrases and, and one of the, I want to respect your time and, 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 you know, you know, I know you have a heart out, but it just from your experience, what do you like more? Do you like the one-on-one? Or do you like the group? I mean, what? And why is that such a difference? I mean, I know that's kind of a little inside inside ball, but what do you what do you enjoy about the differences between the two? You know, it's such a good question, and I can honestly say I think it changes for me. I think there's there are I can look back at times in my life where I really loved the one on one the most, and that was what I was doing most, and then I shifted to teaching more. You know, and I realized, wow, I really love being in front of a group. I think at this point, um, I have, oh, gosh, you know, I was I was a psychology major in, in, in Boston College. And I think when I do the one-on-one, I love the fact that, um, you know, Candace even said this in an interview the other day. She said, truth be told, Kira is also my therapist. Um, I believe, like, you know, psychologists, you know, it's so funny. They have you laid out on a couch, right? A parent. I mean, I, I, when you talk, you know, when you go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist. And I've always said, like, you know, people actually tell you more nuggets about themselves when they're moving. They open up more, you know. They feel a little bit more free. So they speak a little bit more freely. And to me, it's like applying what I learned in college, in school, um, to my job in a way that's, I feel like even more beneficial for people because they're they're changing their body at the same time, right? So I love that aspect of the of the personal training, the group training, the energy that I create in that room, and that um, you know 
what you what you give is what you get. They they give me that energy right back because um, it's it's the sense of community that I foster in the room that there's nothing like that energy. Like I still 23 years into this, I'm excited to teach when I teach. Like I I get so there's never a day where I walk in to teach a class and I'm like, oh, I don't feel like doing this today. I truly love it. Like I truly feed off the energy and I get as much from it as they get from it. Well, isn't that, I mean, isn't that one of the keys about group training is it, it creates that dynamic? I mean, you have your whole stoked community now. How, yeah. how does that build upon itself? I mean, have you noticed that people, it, it's created this whole, I don't want to say you have a cult personality, even though you do, but I think a good instructor fosters that on purpose. And, yeah. and how important is that to be a part of a group? I think it's, I think it's huge. It's huge to, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe. Right. It's it's you create to create a sense of I'm the type of I'm the type of instructor. I always say it's a combination of being a drill sergeant and a big sister. Right. It's the it's the magical combination of the two that that makes people feel if they put their trust in you and they they but they respect you at the same time. They know you truly care. And I think um, when people feel like they're a part of something, where, especially where the instructor, like I, quite frankly, I send emails out after every t- every class I teach to my soap athletes, and I'm like, how's everybody feeling today? Or I write something on Facebook, and they all chime in, and it immediately creates a sense of community. And it makes people, the people that are taking my class, you know, like I say, that whole never miss a money, that Monday Night Stoke 360 squad, if someone doesn't show up, and it's that's, you know, that's there every week, like, everyone that night is on Facebook like, where were you tonight? You know, you, <laughs> you, you they, people, you feel more, it, it creates this motivation between each one of the athletes as well, where they're like, I've got to show up for Renata because I'm always next to her and I push her a little bit and she pushes me. And it's, you're not just showing up for yourself, but you're showing up for your community. And I think that um, if you can make each, each person in that room feel like they have a responsibility um, not only to themselves, but like to the group, you know, in a positive way, not in a way like, Oh, you know, you're responsible to be there. It's like, no, like not out of a really good way, a really way, a way of knowing that everyone in the room has an impact on everyone else. Um, It's the reason that, you know, let me say this, there, there are, it's, it's just, everyone has their own particular style. I have also gone to classes in New York city where, the instructor prefers to seem like untouchable to those around them. They don't connect with anybody in the room, but the room is packed. And I look around and go, how that, why do people want to be here? The instructor's not even talking to them and not even looking at anybody but herself in the mirror. And it's like, but believe it or not, there are, there, there is, there, you know. I have no idea who you could be referring to. One of the, one of the bays, bays of our existence. Now, but you, you know, when you also look around the room in that case, you see that the faces that the expressions on everyone's face are just like dead. It's like they're angry and they're, they look unhappy. And it's like, that's the vibe that is put out in that room. And, you know, interesting for that. So I think, um, I think what's important, and that's very much a part of my method, Pete, is that, like, it's not just the classes themselves. It's the, it's the feeling that's created. It's the feeling that you evoke in people. Um, stoked, right? What is stoked? It means ignite. It means it's fire. It's, 
you know, is, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I wanted to, I want to ignite a, a sense of, um, community, ignite a sense of like, ignite your body, you know, so everything is on, it's, you're highly endorphinated, um, you know, and, and doing all that, you can still give an amazing workout that makes sense. <laughs> and and, now, it's, it's and that's a, sorry to tell you, but I, I know you're, we're, we need to wrap up here. And, um, I think that's a perfect way to segue because what, what's the Stoke method? I mean, this is one thing, yeah. and I have to say, Kira, in, in, you know, you and I know each other pretty well, but it's very obvious to see from your social media the community that you create. I mean, the, the, the honest engagement and the looks on people's faces, you know, in, in the photos that you take are just, they're, they're stoked. I mean, for, for not saying that corny, in a corny sense at all, but they're, you know, you can tell they're, they're excited to be there. Now, what is the Stoke move, move of the day? I mean, you do that on Instagram, and, yeah. and why do you put why do you put that out there? So, so the Stoke move of the day is um, it's so funny too because it, wait, I, you always forget on Instagram that you get new followers every day, and people are like, "What's SMOTD stand for?" And I'm like, "How do you not know?" <laughs> it's the Stoke move of the day. But so I feel, you know, although um, it's a, such a small snippet, it's a move a day. I think it's important that. Um, I want to provide, I use social media as an outlet to provide information. I'm not using Instagram as a place, you know, yeah, there's the occasional picture of myself or whatever, but it's always, it's always coincides with, with actual information and trying to educate the people that have, have, you know, so kindly followed me, right? I'm not, it's not like, look, look at me, look at me, look at me, but I really do believe like I, as I said, the reason I got into this industry was to provide information and to educate and to help people become more healthy. So the moves are meant to inspire movement, inspire people to want to um, try something new and to get a little taste of of what getting stoked is. Right now, what's interesting about the stoked move of the day is that um, it's one move, and the stoked method, as I said before, it's not just about a move, it's about how they're put together, right, to form a science-backed functional flow of movement. So each circuit, depending on the class that I'm teaching, um, is, is meant, I always say, each circuit, when you get stoked, is like a chapter in a story, right? Mm-hmm. There's a beginning and a middle and an end to each chapter, and the entire story is told at the end of the workout, once you've completed the entire workout. And so I go, I go back and forth when I, with my stoke move today. I'm like, goodness, you know, it's really just one move, but I should really be showing an entire circuit. However, that's giving a lot of information away. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to give right? too much. You don't want to give too much. So the exciting thing is you're just getting one move. You're getting one move a day, right? But that one move is meant to be something that you add to the workout you're currently doing. Or maybe it's a challenge move that you're like, wow, I might I want to work up to that move. Or um when you when you take the time to read the post which is something i really encourage people to do actually read the post because i give every single form cue for the move it's not just me showing you a video which i feel like too happens too often on instagram it's like show a video you don't give proper direction people are going to do it incorrectly you know so this is like you're getting a move but the, the great thing is like you can then come to new york city and really experience the method in person you know the actual okay well now what do we do with that move what are you going to put before it? What are you going to put after it? How is it going to make sense in your workout? Right? So if you give a little, I believe like, you know, you give a little and you get people really interested in it. But every single day, 
I give a little, you know. And when you look through the, you scroll through the page, my page on Instagram, if you, you know, it's wonderful. I have people that email me like, I've saved every single joke move of the day ever. And they, I had a woman who actually put all the moves together. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and she said she she prints them out and she puts them on her wall and she like lays them out and I was like oh they're not in the right order though <laughs> I, was like, I was like ah you're not doing them like that are you and she's like no I just like when I when I feel stale or something I look up and I grab and I'm like I'm gonna try this add this to my workout today you know so um you know the stoke of the day is is truly there for for I hope people take it as inspiration and not looking at it as as you know me trying to show like how cool I am doing this move. That's never the intention. Um, it's, I get excited to be able, when I come up with something new, um, I get excited to share it on Instagram and be like, Oh, this move was so good today. And I totally feel it. Um, and then I share it, you know, that, that's one thing that, and I've, I've made those comments before is that some of the sequences you put together, Kira, I'm just like, I wouldn't have thought of that. And I, I love them. I mean, some of the stuff you do, I'm just like, it, it's creative. It's smart. It's right. I mean, that's what I like about it. You're not doing anything that the body's not meant to do. Um, you know, the ones that yeah. I want people to know, listen to you, that, that they're not going to ever, they're never going to see Kira. You'll never be in a gym fails video. <laughs> you'll never see any, any right. athletes. You'll, you'll never be in a gym fail, fails video. I look at stuff that you do and I'm like, oh my goodness, I would never think of doing that. Well, how can people follow you? Because I know you got some stuff online. Um, you have some workouts online and I know you're, you're putting some stuff together, but if people want to get a little bit more um, stoked, want to get a little, put a little more stoked in their life, how can they go about doing that? Yeah, so um, Booyah Fitness is a site where it actually it's right on, if you go to my Instagram, it's, there's a link for it right on my profile. Uh, there are eight different videos on Booyah Fitness that are um, Scoop Series videos, and there's different options. Some have equipment, some don't, but they're great. I mean, you need all you need is Wi-Fi. It's, like a, it's a one-time fee, and you can just, have those videos forever and you know when you create good content uh workouts when you create really good workouts that have really good content they can they'll be you know they work forever <laughs> you know it's not like you're not yeah. going to go out of style so that's one way um if you check my website kirastokes.com you find a lot of new uh some new media things that go on and and you know just instagram is really really the best way to kind of see what's going on in my life to be honest there's a lot of I'm very active on there so and, and, and you and you but I mean the thing is you're true you, you are just a genuine person I mean you are you've been doing this a while you you know for for listeners I'll talk about this a little bit in, in the you know in the conclusion here but one of the things that I truly admire and respect about Kira is that she was one of the top trainers in a big box gym how many years were you one of the top trainers oh god hmm was it like five years? It, it was a number of years in a row where you're just one of the, yeah. the top trainers. So she has evolved from being a, a, a trainer on the floor, like she said, wearing different shirts and, and working, you know, the frontline service staff. And you've put, I, it, so that's why I have so much fun seeing where you are and seeing what you're doing and the impact that you have, Kira, among your followers and, and the people, the people that you reach, the clients that you reach are motivating other people. And that, that's what it's all about. That's why. You and I each do what we do, so I want to thank you for that. Thank you for having me, and thank you for thank you for being the fitness professional that you are, actually. Oh, because, thank you. Because you know we have been in this together, and and this is uh, it's nice to see when when good people continue to to be at the top of their game. It's always it's always a positive thing in the industry, right? Well, yeah, we're all trying to push each other to be a little better. 
Well, as you can tell, I just have a tremendous amount of respect for Kira, and she's just a lot of fun to talk to. And I honestly didn't know that. She was uh, Doc McStuffins before we had Doc McStuffins. Now, just a quick note about uh, the sound quality there. We we're trying to come up with a time, a date, everything. You know, She's on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. Uh, we're trying to come up with a time and everything to, to catch up. Uh, you know, usually I try to record via Skype because it's a much better quality sound, but I recorded that on my cell phone uh, using a um, using a recording app. So anyway, I apologize if the rec- sound quality you know could have probably been a little bit better, but hey, I look at content of the conversation, not necessarily the uh, the quality. But here's one of the reasons. Here, here's the reason why I'm a huge fan of Kira, and and I'll just let you know I am not I'm not a fan of celeb- of the celebrity trainer moniker. I really think we use that. We misuse that term in in, in in fitness, you know. Whether it's more from a consumer standpoint, just because somebody trains, just because somebody trains somebody who happens to make a living in front of a camera, doesn't mean they have the knowledge to to help you achieve the the goals that you want to do. You know, there are outliers. You know, I you know I had Gunnar Peterson on a while back, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for Gunnar Peterson. You know, and part of that is because I've seen Gunnar, you know, attending various workshops. You know, and he's not there making a big deal. He has a hat on, is attending a workshop like anybody else. There's another guy, Eric Fleischman, who is um, he's a host of Celebrity Sweat, and I think that's now going to be on Discovery. Eric is just a really, really good dude. And, you know, both those guys happen to work with people who make a living, you know, in front of a camera. And Kira, Kira's the same way. Here's a little story about Kira. You know, and, and, you know, Kira was a trainer. We both worked for the same large company. I was down in the Washington, D.C. area. She was in Boston. She had a, a client who played with the Boston Red Sox. doesn't really matter who it was, but it was back in the early 2000s, right around uh, when they won uh, the World Series in 2004. But apparently uh, her client, she trained the, the, the player, she trained the, 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 the baseball player and his wife, but apparently they wanted Kira to come down to Florida for a period of time one winter. They wanted her to travel down and stay with them down in Florida to be their trainer, but she turned them down because she didn't want to leave her clients in Boston. You know, here she, you know, trust me, if you've ever been in Boston in the winter, <laughs> anybody, anybody in their right mind would jump at the opportunity to spend a few weeks uh, down in Florida um, rather than spend it in, in Boston in February. But she put her clients first. She wasn't thinking about her needs. She was thinking about the needs of her clients. That's one of the reasons why I have a tremendous amount of respect for her. As a trainer, she was one of the top producing trainers in our company for a few years. And I'm not talking about just Boston. But I'm talking about the entire company. You know, the, the company had locations in Boston, New York City, the New York area, Philadelphia, and D.C., and she was one of the top producing trainers. And that's when we first met. And the interesting thing is she went the route of high profile. And, and if you ha- don't follow Kira Stokes on Instagram, please do that right now. Go follow Kira on Instagram because every day she puts out a stoked move of the day. She's extremely consistent about it. I had to say, you hear me talk about this in the podcast, her, the way she sequences moves together is absolutely brilliant. She has a phenomenal understanding of human movement. And she does an absolutely, she does a brilliant job with that. So if you don't follow her on Instagram, follow her on Instagram right away. She puts out the Stoke move of the day. And she, she, the other thing too that's really fun about her is you get to see that she's kind of a dork. And Kira, and I love you, you know that. And I, I say dork with the sweetest, the sweetest sense of it. Because you know you, you and your husband Gary, man, you guys are awesome, and and I love uh, I love some of the exercise videos you put up of Gary, always doing his drop sets, and you know what I mean by drop sets. But um, I really, she really is just a good quality person who happens to work with people who make a living doing other things in front of a camera. 
That's why I want to have her on the podcast. I didn't want to have her on the podcast because she trains celebrities. That doesn't impress me. The reason why I wanted to, to interview Kira and, and talk to her, and trust me, I'm going to get her on a few more times and we'll have a few few uh, more conversations because I really, I wish we, I recorded all the conversations we have together because we just have a lot of fun talking. I, I respect the heck out of her. We both went different routes in our career. I, you know, I focused on education. You know, she focused on helping her clients, you know, and it's just, it's amazing to see and her, she has such a good heart. She has such a good heart. She's such a good person. And it's funny, there are people in her position that would have cashed out years ago that would have signed off and licensed, you know, what she does and made money off it. But not Kira. She's she's doing it herself because she 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 believes in the quality of what she does and she really does it because she wants to help you. She wants to see you get better. The people that she teaches on a regular basis, she wants to help them improve. If she if she takes you on as a client, if you hire her as a trainer, she she will be dedicated on your improvement. And you'll get that from from anybody she's worked with, whether the individual's a housewife who or somebody's on TV, you know, in a show that you might watch regularly. You know, Kira is interested in their best interests. And that's why I want to have her on. I wanted to, I wanted to kind of peek behind the curtain and see, you know, you know, I know if you've ever seen Kira, man, she is jacked. She's about a 0.0% body fat. <laughs> you know, she went out to dinner with another trainer in New York and a friend, a mutual friend of ours, Jaron Lyles, posted a comment, what, did Kira grow another ab during dinner? Because she is always just very lean and naturally fit. Um, and it's just, I, you know, I love her energy. I love her enthusiasm. I love her professionalism. And even though she already has a lot of exposure as, as a trainer, anything I can do to help her do that, I want to, what I want to do by having her on the podcast, and like I said, I hope to make a regular guest, is I want to give you a peek behind the curtain of who she is, how smart she really is. She doesn't just look great, which she does, but she is very intelligent. Anything she does with exercise is very thoughtful. You know, any trainer will tell you, any good trainer will tell you, I can look at a program and I can understand the thought behind it. You know, if you show me a program that's put together by a good coach, a good trainer, a good instructor, like Kira or any one of my guests, any one of my guests, I can take a look at it and understand the thought process behind it. And she definitely has that. So that was my goal in uh, having her on the podcast today was as, as successful she's been, as, you know, as, as, as much, as many followers as she's gaining on social media, she really is just an awesome person. She's very intelligent and she deserves to be where she is. And if you're looking for somebody to follow on social media, her, uh, her social media tags will be down below. I recommend doing that. So anyway, this has been a great conversation for me. As you can tell, I'm really stoked about her. I love seeing her success. I love seeing how successful she's become because she's done it the right way. She's just worked and she's grinded and she's just, she's made a living off of helping people get better one day at a time. So if you have any comments, if you have any feedback, uh, any, any ideas or suggestions for guests you'd like to hear on future episodes of All About Fitness, please, by all means, email me, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. My Instagram is PeteMcCall underscore fitness. That's PeteMcCall underscore fitness on Instagram. And then my Twitter is PeteMC underscore fitness. That's PeteMC underscore fitness. And if you like uh, if you like this podcast or other podcasts of All About Fitness, please take a moment and give it a rating because you know how the algorithm works. The more ratings we have, the higher up and more people can listen to it and, and all that. So I hope to keep bringing you great podcasts and any support that you can give me in the term of rating would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for stopping by All About Fitness. I look forward to having you join me for future episodes. Thank you.